Voices for Justice is a podcast that uses adult language and discusses sensitive and potentially triggering topics, including violence, abuse, and murder. This podcast may not be appropriate for younger audiences. All parties are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Some names have been changed or omitted per their request or for safety purposes. Listener discretion is advised. My name is Sarah Turney, and this is Voices for Justice. Today, I am discussing the case of 38-year-old Janina Jefferson. Janina was shot and killed at her place of work on November 27, 2016, in Appalachia, Virginia. Authorities believe they know exactly who killed Janina, her ex-husband, Eric Jones. But he's been on the run for over five years as of recording this episode, and is still wanted by the U.S. Marshals Service. You guys know the drill. Let's talk about it, let's get his face out there, and let's try to get some justice. This is the case of Janina Jefferson. This episode of Voices for Justice is brought to you by June's Journey. I'm pretty sure everyone here loves a good mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's Journey. You get to step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. You engage your observation skills to quickly uncover key pieces of information that lead to chapters of mystery, danger, and romance. So what does that mean? Well, June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game. Essentially, you find hidden clues and uncover this mystery. But it's also more than that. You can customize your own luxurious estate island, you can join a detective club, and put your skills to the test in a detective league. I like that you can play totally alone, or if you want to play with other people, you can do that too. I find myself playing June's Journey in little breaks during the day, or most frequently at night before I go to bed. Whether you're craving a good mystery or just looking for an escape, I really do recommend June's Journey. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode of Voices for Justice is brought to you by Quince. The weather is getting warmer, which means it's time to put away all the sweaters and pants and say hello to shorts and t-shirts. I absolutely was looking to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and I went right back to Quince for that. I personally don't love trendy clothes that I have to replace every few months. I am looking to build my solid core collection of essentials, and with the huge selection at Quince, I can do that. They have premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from 30 bucks, washable silk tops, they have jewelry, and so much more. One thing I really love about Quince too is that they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices. And they only use premium fabrics and finishes, you're not cutting any corners when it comes to quality. I've really been trying to play with pairing casual with more upscale pieces. So recently I just matched a silk skirt with this black tee that I just love and fits really, really well. I think it came together pretty cute. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com justice for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot justice to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com justice. Janina's case hasn't gotten a ton of media coverage, so I wasn't able to find much about her childhood. But we do know that she married her first husband just after high school, and they had three children together, two sons and a daughter. 
In 2005, they got divorced, but the kids continued to see their father on weekends. Janina and her children lived in the very small town of Big Stone Gap, Virginia. The population has hovered at just under 6,000 people for over a decade. Janina's daughter, Brienne, has described Big Stone Gap as your typical small, close-knit town, without much to do besides watch football and look at the mountains. Being a single parent wasn't easy on Janina. In the episode of In Pursuit with John Walsh about the case, her daughter Brienne says that although her mom didn't always show it, she knew it was very hard on her. Money was tight, and at times, Janina was working three jobs. She also made extra money by painting store windows around town and hosting classes teaching others how to design their own drinking glasses. Janina was obviously very busy providing for her family but it does look like she had a great support system of family and friends. Her friend April would describe her to Crime Watch Daily as having the best laugh, and being an extremely straight shooter, someone who told you the truth whether you liked it or not. According to April, Janina tried her best to build the best life she could for her children, who were her entire world. In an interview with WJHL News in Virginia, her children described Janina as a loving mother but definitely not a pushover. Brianne says that her mother commanded respect and always pushed them to do their best. We knew we had to respect her, but like we had a friendship with her. I won't say we weren't scared of her. But <laughs> yeah. In 2012, Janina Jefferson was introduced to a man named Eric Jones through a mutual friend. Eric was about 10 years older than Janina and seemed like a great guy. He did have a pretty troubling criminal history, but he assured Janina that all of that was behind him and he was a changed man. Janina's murder wouldn't be the first time Eric Jones had been in trouble with the police or allegedly tried to kill someone. Throughout their marriage, Eric was actually on probation for a 1998 felony murder for hire conviction. Eric and another individual attempted to kill a woman named Karen Martin and her two children who were only seven and eight years old at the time. They actually set fire to their home in exchange for a payment of crack cocaine. It appears the fire was set strategically to kill, because after waking up to her home on fire and promptly calling 911, Karen was not able to get herself or her children out of the house, and had to be rescued from a back room when authorities arrived on the scene. Luckily, Karen and her two children survived, but investigators soon smelt the gasoline that was poured in the home and found a book of used matches on Karen's car. After a small amount of digging, Eric was immediately named a suspect, but he went on the run so police were not able to immediately question or arrest him. Two months later, he was found 1,300 miles away in Texas after a routine traffic stop. Wise County Officer Grant Kilgore, who would later be sheriff-elect, spent four days transporting Eric Jones back to Virginia and he says that Eric mostly slept during those four days, and certainly didn't show any sign of remorse for what he'd done. Eric Jones was sentenced to 20 years in prison, with 15 of those years being suspended. This was apparently due to the vast number of letters that were written to the judge begging for leniency. So ultimately, he only served five years in prison for these charges. According to April, Janina was well aware of Eric's past but she believed that in the 15 years or so since this incident that he'd really changed and strived to be a better person. 
April and Janina had a conversation about his past, like friends do. And Janina believed that Eric deserved a chance to show that he'd really changed. So April, trying to be a good friend, supported Janina and this relationship. Even though what Eric Jones did was obviously really awful and terrifying, this wasn't the man that Janina knew. This wasn't the man he made himself out to be. I think it's also worth noting that Eric came from a pretty well-respected family in the community. His mother was a well-known pastor, and they'd all go to church together, where Eric would openly discuss his past and thank God for changing his path. According to Janina's children, they really felt like Eric completed their family. They even called him Pops. On the outside, he talked about reform and family. But over time, Janina's son Trey does report that it was clear that Eric's behavior was changing. Eric apparently started hanging out with a bad group of people, started doing drugs, and started drinking. Money was also disappearing from the home. In addition to this, there was an incident in which Eric was at a 4th of July block party and fired a gun into the air four times. This sent adults and children running in terror. And this really freaked out Janina because as a felon, Eric was not legally allowed to own a gun, let alone be shooting it into the air at a party. Also, it appears that Eric actually recorded this incident on his phone, and he spent the next few weeks listening to the audio of it in their living room on the surround sound speakers. This obviously really scared Janina and her children. After all of this, Janina did try to work on her marriage. Eric and Janina would separate and get back together several times, but things weren't getting any better, so Janina eventually filed for divorce. This is when things really began to escalate to another level. One of Janina's jobs was working the night shift from 4pm to midnight as an operator at the Appalachia water plant. Appalachia is just the next town over, but the plant was in a very desolate area and Janina worked alone. While most of her friends thought the idea of working in such a remote area, alone, late at night, was pretty scary, Janina really enjoyed her job and didn't have any problems until she divorced Eric. On the day their divorce was finalized, Eric went down to the Appalachia water plant to confront Janina. And things escalated really quickly, resulting in Eric pushing Janina up against a shelving unit, strangling her and hitting her. Luckily, Janina was able to push Eric off of her and gets him to leave. She immediately goes to the police to document the incident. Eric is arrested for this and spends a few days in jail, but a family member eventually paid his bond and Eric was once again a free man. It's also worth mentioning here that when Eric moved out of Janina's house, he moved in with his mother just a few blocks away. So it's not like Janina was far from Eric at all. According to April, Janina was terrified and got a restraining order against him. And according to her children, Janina had plans to move to a larger city to get away. But unfortunately, those plans could not be realized soon enough. On November 27, 2016, the Sunday after celebrating the Thanksgiving holiday, Janina had lunch with her daughter Brianne, and then went home to get ready for work. At this time, she was visited by her little brother, Richie Jefferson, who told the Herald Courier that he just went over there to check on her given what had recently happened with Eric. About an hour later, Janina went to work the night shift by herself at the Appalachia water plant. 
Like I mentioned earlier, it seems like Janina had a pretty solid support system who was aware of what was happening with Eric. Because in addition to her little brother checking on her, a friend of Janina's also tried to touch base with her to make sure everything was okay. But around 11pm, Janina stopped answering her phone. By 2am, one of Janina's friends was at her house. Janina's daughter Brienne answers the door very confused. Brienne was just a senior in high school at the time, just a kid. She'd fallen asleep writing an essay and was woken up to this knock at the door, understandably confused and concerned. Janina got off work at midnight. She definitely should have been home by 2 in the morning. Brienne and this friend tried to call Janina and the landline at the water plant, but there was no answer. So they call police and ask for a wellness check to be done. After driving up the long, dark, windy road to the water plant, the police unfortunately find Janina's body lying in the middle of the parking lot. She'd been shot several times, one shot being done execution style from above while Janina was on the ground. It doesn't appear that there were any cameras at the water plant that captured what happened to Janina, but very soon, all of the pieces came together. In her interview with In Pursuit with John Walsh, Brienne says that the police came to her door around 3 a.m. When she answered, they didn't have to say anything. She knew immediately that her mother was dead. She says she just broke down and began running up the road, screaming. Eric actually stole Janina's work truck after killing her, and police found it right around the corner from his mother's house. But Eric was gone. They would later discover that Eric was at a party that night. So they began talking to the people at that party. According to a man named Seth Rowland and his girlfriend, Terry Stewart, they gave Eric Jones a ride to the water plant that night, knowing that something terrible was probably going to happen. What's really crazy is that video surveillance from a local convenience store captured Eric buying a beer before heading up to the water plant. And just five minutes later, Janina was seen on the same surveillance buying gas. So when Seth Rowland and Terry Stewart drop off Eric at the water plant and they're driving back down the road, they see Janina headed up towards the plant. Janina actually stops to tell them that they were trespassing and they each go their separate ways. But of course, Janina had no idea that Eric was up there just waiting to kill her once she got out of her truck. As soon as she exited the vehicle, I think that's when the act that happened that killed her. She had no idea it was coming. It was, just, it was so sudden. It was a very violent crime scene. Uh, there were several shots fired. After Eric Jones killed Janina Jefferson, he stole her truck and parked it around the corner from his mother's house. From there, he asks Seth to pick him up and take him to a different convenience store. Here, Eric buys a six-pack of beer and cigarettes. When he gets back in the vehicle, he tells Seth that he killed Janina. From there, he's dropped off at a family member's house. This is the last known sighting of Eric Jones. Now, I do want to take a second here and explain this relationship between Eric and Seth. While I'm not trying to make any excuses for Seth, I think this is worth mentioning. Seth wasn't just a random person Eric met at this party. Eric Jones was actually married to Seth's mother in the 90s and according to some sources, possibly dating Seth's mother at the time he murdered Janina. When Eric was released from prison, they rekindled their relationship, and Seth very much saw Eric as a father figure. 
Which is why I think he gave him the ride, despite having a feeling that something bad was going to happen. Again, I'm not trying to make excuses for Seth, but I think it's fair to acknowledge the power imbalance in the relationship. Eric was almost twice Seth's age, and a father figure to him. But quickly after discovering Janina's body and speaking with Seth, the hunt was on for Eric Jones. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Because of the extremely dense forest surrounding the water plant and really the entire town, the Wise County Sheriff's Office used helicopters and specialty aircraft to search the area. They also traveled to multiple states in their pursuit of Eric Jones. Unfortunately, they still haven't been able to locate him or the gun he used to kill Janina. The police do believe that there may be even more people linked to this crime, Also, according to police, they say that Eric Jones' mother, Sandy, has been extremely cooperative with their investigative efforts. They suspect Eric's motive in killing Janina was to ensure that she could never testify against him in the strangulation charges and send him back to prison. Unfortunately, the police don't have a lot of leads to go off of. Although the U.S. Marshal Service became involved in 2017, By 2019, the police state that they've only received about 30 to 50 tips on the case. Luckily, there was some renewed interest in the case around 2019 when it was featured on In Pursuit with John Walsh. And in an attempt to generate more leads, they did put up a few billboards related to the case. They also released the surveillance video of Eric Jones buying beer and cigarettes just after murdering Janina. This video comes from the Scotchman Convenience Store on Hilly Avenue in Big Stone Gap. In the video, Eric is wearing jeans that appear to be tattered at the bottom, a light gray or possibly white hoodie with a large Nike logo on the back, light gray or white dirty shoes, and a black possible beanie style hat. The video shows two different camera angles. One camera is pointed at the front door while the other is pointed at the register. It shows Eric Jones entering the store, buying a six-pack of beer and cigarettes before leaving the store. Ultimately, Seth Rowland did face charges for being an accessory to murder, trespassing, violating a protective order, conspiracy with Eric Jones to intimidate Janina Jefferson, or impede her testimony against Eric Jones by threats of bodily harm or force, and conspiracy to violate a protective order with Eric Jones. He faces a maximum punishment of 71 years in prison. As of recording this episode, I wasn't able to find an update on these charges. Eric Jones is charged with first-degree murder, possession of a firearm by a convicted felon, and use of a firearm during the commission of first-degree murder. As far as where Eric Jones could be, well, according to Major Grant Kilgore of the Wise County Sheriff's Office, he could be anywhere stating, quote, he could be in a major city in the U.S., utilizing his contacts to keep him hidden. The possibility exists that he has fled the country to parts unknown, end quote. Which brings me right to our call to action, you guys. 
please share this story and share photos of Eric Jones. The more people that see his face, the better. I will, of course, have pictures available on social media for easy sharing. You don't have to share these specific images, but I do ask that you do share. Janina Jefferson's children deserve to see the man that brutally shot and killed their mother face justice. Brianne still has nightmares about Eric Jones and says she's in constant fear. It only takes 30 seconds to share his photo and hopefully get this extremely dangerous man off the streets. As a reminder, Janina Jefferson was killed on November 27, 2016 in Appalachia, Virginia. Eric Monroe Jones would now be in his 50s. He's an African-American male with a muscular build that weighs approximately 175 pounds and he is 5 foot 7 inches tall. His hair is black and typically clean-shaven, and he has brown eyes. He is known to drink beer and use drugs. He loves The Walking Dead, is very charismatic, and is known to discuss growing up in a very religious family. Authorities believe that he is most likely dating someone else now. So if you have a new boyfriend around that matches this description, please at least Google the name Eric Monroe Jones. He could also be using the name Eric Humphrey or Easy e A $10,000 reward is being offered for information leading to the capture of Eric Jones. So if you do have any information about this guy, there is plenty of incentive to come forward. However, if you do see Eric Jones, do not approach him as he is considered armed and dangerous. Anyone with information is asked to contact the U.S. Marshal Service Communication Center at 1-800-336-0102. But as always, thank you, I love you, and I'll talk to you next time. Voices for Justice is hosted and produced by me, Sarah Turney. For more information about the podcast, to suggest a case, to see resources used for this episode, and to find out more about how to help the cases I discuss, visit VoicesForJusticePodcast.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate and review the show in your podcast player. It really does help more people find the podcast and these cases in need of justice. Hey guys, welcome to the secret after show moment. I know today's episode was very short and I want to tell you why. Um, so I actually covered Janina's case over on my Patreon feed in March of this year. So 2021, 
It was featured as a mini-sode because, as you can see, there isn't a lot of information, unfortunately. But yeah, that's where that episode came from, and I am striving to move all of those mini-sodes that I've covered in the past. It's honestly only a handful, but I do want to move them all to the main feed when I can and in time. So they might be main episodes like this, or if they're really short, some of them are only, I think, like five or seven minutes. If they're really, really short, I might just start doing bonus minisodes to go along with these regular episodes. The reason this wasn't a bonus minisode this week is because I needed uh, some time. I'm working on two pretty big episodes that I'm trying to launch together. They're really powerful and they make a lot of sense together, but you guys know how I am. Um, I want them to be separate episodes. They won't be lumped into one. I try to avoid that as much as possible. But yeah, so I dug Janina's case kind of back out of the vault. I saw a few a few new things from the show, and I just wanted to represent it to you guys here because she deserves justice. And honestly, those cases that are sitting in my Patreon feed and not in the main feed are kind of digging at my soul. So I'm really happy to get this out. I hope that you guys um, learned something. I always hate to say enjoy. You guys know what I mean. I hope that you learned something from this episode. I think it's really solvable. Somebody out there knows who Eric Jones is. Somebody is living with this person. I have to imagine anyway. Um, but yeah. I wish I had, uh, I know you guys like keep asking for book and podcast recommendations, but to be honest, all I'm doing is reading for research right now, um, and I'm not listening to a ton of podcasts. I am super busy trying to catch up on the end of the year um, and get some things done. I do have a trip at the end of this month, in December. I'm going to visit some friends for the holidays since I won't be with my family, um, but yeah. I just wanted to give you guys an update on that. I feel bad because you guys keep asking for those recommendations and it's like, I'm not really doing anything for pleasure right now. It's all for work. I do strive to have a better balance in the future, but if I'm being 100% honest with you guys, I am trying to work my tail off to get super ahead on these episodes so that when the trial comes... I can take some mental health days, if not mental health weeks. I really want to get super ahead so that I can still give you guys an episode every week. And honestly, as much as I love you guys, more importantly, um, make sure that there's a slot for these episodes, for these cases, for these victims. So yeah, that's kind of the reasoning behind today's episode. That's where everything's at with the podcast. Um, I hope you guys are having a happy December. I know, again, the holidays are upon us, and it can be really hard for some of us, so forever sending you guys love, and as always, thank you for tolerating me here in this after-show moment that is very, very secret, um, and I love you, and I'll talk to you next time.